I was walking through the fixed department the other day and picked up a case that I thought would be interesting. And to quote the seminal 80s alternative rock band, The Smiths, stop me if you've heard this one before. Um, It's a four-unit bridge, and you can see it goes from a cuspid, and then we've got uh, the Ponic space uh, where the missing first buy is, and then a second buy cuspid, and then the molar. So it's a four-unit bridge, and I know, wait for it. It's taken in a double arch tray, and you already knew I was going to say that. And that I was going to say it was in a plastic tray as well, which are, you know, kind of flexible when we get down to things. And uh, let's look at the preps real quick, because that's why the doctor was called. And uh, when you look at the preps, you can see that um, things look fairly decent. There's kind of that deep hole on the distal of the molar, but you look around and you go, that, that doesn't look bad. And sometimes... I just have to say, this is a case where it was a little difficult for us to see. So let me show you the um, let me show you the solid model here of where this started. And as we zoom in on this, you'll see a little less detail. We have some detail in parts, but that kind of disappears down. That eh, molar doesn't look too great. That cuspid, I can see it on the lingual, but look at the margins. And this is one of those ones where we say, "Wow, we can't." trim this ourselves. So we will um, pour it up, base it, uh, and make the die cuts and send it back to the dentist. And this is how it it comes back when the dentist has trimmed it. And so as you look at it, you get the feeling that, uh, I like to refer to this as revisionist history sometimes, where um, you take a not so great impression and then when asked to trim the dies, you trim them and you make them look really good. I would. I used to be guilty of this too, don't get me wrong. I used to do this all the time. And what I would do is trim the dies the way I wanted the preps to look in the first place, even though it didn't quite turn out that way. And um, as a result, you know, it does become kind of revisionist history when you do this. I find that if technicians are allowed to trim dies themselves, they're way less emotional about it than we are and tend not to make it look uh, perfect. And so the doctor was called on these preps, not so much because of the preps themselves, because once they were trimmed, they, they looked fine, but there wasn't enough room uh, for what the doctor wanted, which was a PFM bridge. And so the doctor was told to prep more and take another impression, which the doctor did. And the, uh, again, in a double arch tray, and the tray came off while we were pouring it up afterwards. Um, so that's not really what I want to point out on the impression. Although it was done in a double arch tray, again, it was the fact that we didn't have quite enough room uh, to make this restoration. And it was a PFM, and when you look in there and we measure, and I've uh, measured it already as we measure it. We can measure all this digitally now, by the way. And uh, we have 0.7 millimeters of reduction there, and things are a little tight over here on the cuspid as well. And so the... Um, laboratory uh, called the dentist and said, hey, you know what? We're, we're fine on the bicuspid, and if you want to, if we can put a metal island, a, an occlusal island on the molar and a metal lingual here, we'll be fine with the PFM bridge. And he said, no, I told the patient that um, it was going to be all ceramic on the outside and there wouldn't be any metal showing. And so in order to do that, if we're going to make a PFM and not have any metal showing, we're going to need a little more reduction and uh, another impression, a third impression uh, with some more reduction. I'm starting to feel you know, sorry for the patient at this point. And you can see why this isn't going to work well on a double arch tray. I mean, obviously, we just don't have that much reference. In fact, our cuspid guidance has you know, been destroyed because we have the prep, so we're going to have to go off that lateral 
if we want to take this into any kind of excursive movements as we go back and forth. Now, what about when we go the other way? You know, we really don't have contact with any other teeth here uh, besides what you can see. And so as a result, we're, we're stuck a little bit uh, because we don't have a great opportunity to, to, to do any kind of, you know, functional excursions on here. So we asked for a little more reduction and another uh, impression, and this is what came from the dentist on the third attempt. I haven't had this mounted yet uh, to see what happened, but you can see the tray through the prep on the molar. That's the distal abutment for that bridge. And if we flip it over, again, the patient right there, biting down right into that tray. It wasn't quite lined up, and of course, I've made this mistake too. It's very easy to do, especially if you don't try in the tray a few times uh, before you actually put it in. Uh, and then we have this, you know, the molar behind it, which is kind of hanging off the end of the tray, and as you might guess, could probably distort uh, pretty easily when poured up with some dental stone uh, on a vibrator. And, and so I guess that we have enough reduction because this is the second time the doctor has gone in and done additional reduction, and this is the third impression. So I do feel sorry for the patient. I'm not sure how this got out of the office. I can only assume that, I don't know, maybe an assistant took the impression or the doctor took it and never looked at the tray itself or asked the assistant how the impression looked, and uh, he or she said good. I, I, it, it's hard for me to imagine how this uh, could have happened. So uh, again, this is one of those things where one, two, three, four units, a uh, $4,000 bridge, uh, pretty good body part replacement size here. Uh, I really feel like it's not asking too much to go to a full tray and an opposing uh, full impression with a bite registration just right on this bridge. Uh, and obviously to get around um, under preparing, because this is the second time the labs asked for more preps, and trust me, I was one of the number one violators of this for the first 13 years of my career. And that's why I now use my um, reverse uh, preparation kit from Axis Dental. Because one of the things that it has on it, for example, is this little two millimeter uh, depth control burr. And so that's a two millimeter shank that's off the end of that with the diamonds. That's why it has the four discs on it. You can see it says two millimeters right there on the burr kit. And so as I'm getting ready to prep a PFM bridge like this, I will take this and I'll put a two millimeter hole, two of them in fact, in the central groove of the tooth. And then I'll put one in the mesiolingual cusp tip, one in the distolingual cusp tip. And uh, I'll place one or two on the buccal cusp tip as well, even though the buccal cusp tip is very easy to see by uh, pulling the cheek back with a mirror. But if I want to be sure, I'm going to put some two millimeter depth cuts there. Because by the time I reduce two millimeters, and you can see that you know, if you just look at it in your hand, it doesn't look like a lot, but that's a lot of reduction. But that's what it takes to have a PFM bridge that's got a porcelain occlusal on it and gives you the best chance of not fracturing. You might say, could the doctor have done a, a Bruxer bridge there? You could, um, but uh, I, I still like PFM bridges more than I like Bruxer bridges. Um, more so for molar replacement, I get scared about Bruxer bridges at times. Uh, and having enough connector size between the ponica and the abutment. But look at this, this is the 0.6 millimeter reduction burr. And that's what we use uh, for Bruxer crowns. And so I'll put a couple of those depth cuts in the central groove and then a couple on the cusp tips. And then I prep till I can't see the holes anymore. And that's how I ensure that I've reduced enough. You know, you can use a one millimeter or a 1.5 for Emax, even though Emax will do uh, fine at one millimeter, but it doesn't like to be thinner than that. And the 856025 burr, the workhorse that I do most of the reduction with, and of course, I always do my margins with a round burr because it makes it simple and straightforward to do. So once this doctor has prepped this for the first time and we ask for more reduction, the doctor really doesn't know 
where they are. They don't know how much reduction they've done and how much more they have to go. At least if you knew you had done you know, 0.6 or 0.7 millimeters, you could do now a millimeter or something like that. If you looked at it, uh, you're just guessing. And so when it comes time to, to reduce again and we get to this doctor's next preparation, how much more did the doctor take off? It's hard to say. It's hard to say how much more got taken off between here and here. You can see some differences when you look at the occlusal surfaces of the tooth, but it's difficult to say how much more was taken off. To me, it's just so easy to put some two millimeter holes in the top of these teeth, not the, in the incisal edge, I should say, on the cuspid, but in the central groove, two millimeter holes, or here's an unprepped tooth, so we put a two millimeter hole here and here, uh, we wouldn't really need one on the distal lingual cusp tip because it's blown out. So we would put one here and, and these three and then prep until we didn't see it anymore. And then we've got two millimeters of reduction. We know we're never going to get a call from the laboratory about that because no lab ever wants more than that. If you're afraid of the uh, either a pulpal exposure because of previous occlusal wear, you can use the 1.5 millimeter. At least that way they can still make you a PFM. Uh, with porcelain on the occlusal, it won't be as strong as the two millimeter but you could still do it with the 1.5 millimeter. My point being, why guess when it comes to reduction? Uh, use a depth cutting system. And again, if you wanna see it in action, that's the reverse prep video at glidewelldental.com. Um, stop guessing, put some depth cuts in there. And if you're gonna do a bridge or, or more than one or two single units next to each other, please you know, consider the full, uh, full arch impression so that we can uh, have the best chance of giving you a bridge that's uh, hopefully not gonna only fit the preps very well. Uh, but in excursions, lateral excursions, protrusive, uh, it won't need much adjustment either because we've got all those other unprepped teeth to go by.